0: how's it going everybody you are listening to the eastminster young adults podcast a place where you can learn more about what it means to be a young adult christian in times like these you know studies show that two of every three young adults have a challenging time finding christian community eastminster presbyterian church seeks to create a community where you can be known loved and challenged without the fear of facing judgment In doing so, we believe that the world will be a better place, so thanks for listening to the podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Pastor Joe, and like I've done the last few episodes, I'm taking these Wordsmith Writer's Block cards from bestself.co and answering a question from them so you guys can get to know me a little bit better. So... Here is the card deck and I'm just gonna pick one at random. And this one is from the yellow part of the stack. And the question is, describe your worst fear. Uh, Well, I guess like one of the superficial fears that I have is fear of snakes. I think I learned it from the Indiana Jones movies. I hate snakes. I tried to overcome a fear. Uh, Mark Batterson says, uh, and he's a pastor and author, he says that we only have two fears that when we're born. We have fear of falling and loud noises. So any other fear that we have, we've learned along the way. So if we've learned it, we could probably unlearn it. So I tried to unlearn the fear of snakes by going to a pet store with my good buddy Ray in Atlanta, and I tried to hold a snake, but I kind of felt like I cheated because I picked up one that was sleeping. So he was real lethargic and I was in no danger. So I probably need to try to uh, confront that fear again. So, fear of snakes, but I think maybe a deeper existential fear would be the fear of being behind. Right? I think we we had like this path in life, where we, and we have these checkpoints. Like I want to be here at this age and here at this age, and when we equate like the opportunity that we have, our preparation. All that stuff, we think, okay, I should be here and therefore I'm like either pleased or not pleased by what I've accomplished so far. Uh, there's a, a passage in the book of Jeremiah which talks about you know, how can you run with horses if you've run with people and they've worn you out? How can you manage the thickets by the Jordan when you've stumbled in the plain places? And this is basically this rhetorical questioning of you should be more further in your progress than you are now. And so that's just something that kind of rattles in my soul. I think on my best days, it helps motivate me. On some days, it uh, kind of paralyzes me a little bit and maybe even elicits some, I don't know, some shame about maybe I should be a little bit further in this part of my life or, you know, I should know more or I should maybe have Publish something by now or whatever. And so that's something that can be a good motivation, but it could also be something that casts a shadow of me. So I've got to take that to the Lord and cast that care to the Lord like everything else. And so that would be my worst fear is to be further behind than where I should be with all the opportunities and with all the preparation I've had. So, what about you? What is, uh, describe, you know, maybe you could describe a fear to someone and just talk through it. So, That's all for this time. I'll answer another question on the next episode. We'll see what it is. I have no idea, but we'll get there next time. All right. in the first season of the podcast, we're talking about the basics of what young adult ministry look like. And so for the last couple episodes, we talked about some of the lived-in challenges of being a young adult in the young adult ministry and then some lived-in opportunities. And so before we actually get into this way of life, and that's how we ended the last couple of podcasts, we said, hey, where do we go from here? What, what, is, what are young adults seeking Christian spiritual community? What are they looking for? What should be our solution? We conclude that we need a formal way of life that is clear, that's manageable, and that's scalable. And so, but before we get into some of the nuts and bolts of that, we got to talk about Meaning. Uh, because ultimately what we're doing is when we're hosting Christian community, we're hosting a place where meaning can be developed. There's a, a, a church history person, person, a church history expert named Rodney Stark, and his particular uh, emphasis on church history was the first 300 years when the church is growing in the midst of the Roman Empire. And in his book, he notes how striking it was that anyone would – have incentive to want to join the church. there was no social advantage from leaving your other way of life and becoming a Christian in those first four hundred years of the movement and So, as he looks at the detail and the data, he says the reason that people left their other way of life, like worshiping the emperor, worshiping other gods, and forsaking it all, and following Jesus, is that he said what we know from material is that people felt like Christianity worked. He said there's an efficacy of the Christian life. And he, he makes this note. And It's something I think that we still know today. If you and I are going to totally implode our life and pick up a new way of life, we have to calculate a cost before we do, we do so. We don't make seismic changes in our life unless we know that we can master the new thing that we're going towards. For instance, None of us are going to join a CrossFit gym unless we think, okay, I can make burpees a way of life. Like the box jumps, yes, it will be grueling. But I know at some point I'm going to be able to master that and do muscle-ups and all the other stuff. None of us say, you know, I'm going to join a CrossFit gym and I'm not going to be good at it at all. And I'm just going to expose myself to failure again and again because, well, I'm just into that sort of thing. No, like none of us would do that. None of us would take a job unless we know that we could exceed expectations. None of us are going to do anything, change our life, unless we know that we're going to do it well. And it's the same for the Christian life. We're going to reach new young adults uh, and offer them the Christian way of life. We have to offer a way of life that works and that they know that they can master. This reminds me of Viktor Frankl. He wrote a famous book called Man's Search for Meaning. It's something that people bring up again and again. And Viktor Frankl uh, was a psychologist. He was a contemporary of Freud. And Freud was saying that everyone pursues pleasure. Viktor Frankl says people are not pursuing pleasure, they're pursuing meaning in life. So in the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like if you can have like your food taken care of, you've got shelter, you're not threatened every day with extinction of existence. Once you get there, our next pursuit is to pursue meaning. But as he looked at people and as he walked with people and, and counseled them, he says meaning is constructed with three things in mind. The the first thing is is that meaning is constructed when we find a project to work on something that demands us when we have we would call it maybe vocation in the Christian life but something that when we wake up in the morning we know that people are counting on us and we want to go work for something that um, has greater purpose than just a paycheck so we need to have a project to work on the second thing is we need to have a redemptive shape to the pain and suffering that we experience. Every human life has, we have done things and things have been done to us, which causes pain and suffering. And those who have meaning in life have found a way to take that pain and to make it useful for us. Instead of being embittered people or blaming others or have it justify our meager output in life, if we can somehow have a redemptive shape to the pain and suffering in our life, it adds meaning to our life. The third thing, is that we need to be in the midst of an unconditional community to share life with. People who are going to be with us, who run towards us, who that we don't have to prove ourselves to in order to be friends. So once again, a project, uh, a redemptive shape to pain and suffering, and an unconditional community. Those things allow us to pursue meaning in life. Life's not happening to us, but we're out there building a life for ourselves. Those three things are always Working in tandem, so this is what I say. Therefore, anything that we should do in young adult ministry needs to have these two components. It needs we need to have a pattern that someone can master. We're not talking about perfection; just mastering, because we're going to call people into it who are not currently doing it. They have to look at it and say, "Yeah, I can dig that." Like it'll take a while, perhaps it'll it'll demand more from me but I know that I can excel in those things that I'm being asked to do. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is that we have to have something that adds meaning to someone's life. Um, We can't give arbitrary value. We can't call people to arbitrary things that are totally detached from everyday life. So a, a pattern to master and something that can add meaning to someone's life. Um, Having been in young adult ministry world for in the church for some time now, I can see how this has been the case for young adults that I've worked with in the past. So I've worked with young adults for a while now. Now they're older and they they can reflect and look back what they did in their 20s and 30s. And they found that the things that we did together added meaning to their life. So I'd like check in on them in Instagram or I receive text messages uh, from some you know, blasts from the past, from people from the past. And they reflect on their life and they say, hey, because we did those things, this is going on in my life now and I'm better because of it. Um, as, they pass, as these individuals, as they pass from the young adult life into full-blown adulthood, whatever that means, uh, the things that we did together added up to who they have become in their faith and they could draw a direct line. The stuff that they did in young adult ministry set them ahead so that they could excel in life in young adulthood, beyond the young adult years now that they're starting a family, advancing the career, and so on and so forth. What they're saying is that we weren't just killing time by doing stuff connected to the church, but the common life that we experienced together made the difference, and it added meaning in their life. So before we get into the nuts and bolts of the pattern of life to master, I wanted to dwell here. I wanted to say this, like that's going to be the challenge. Can we host something within the young adult ministry of Eastminster that adds meaning to people's life? Where before they were doing stuff and then they started like interacting with Eastminster Eastminster young adults. And they said, I've got more meaning in my life now than I did before because of stuff that we're doing now. That's going to be the goal of what we're doing here. It has to be or else uh, we're calling people not to the highest thing possible. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I think that that'll that'll give us the energy necessary for the task ahead. So the next several episodes are going to give different pieces of the puzzle of what the pattern of life is going to look like. But ultimately, we need to say, okay, I'm doing this because it's adding meaning to my life and to those who are journeying with me. In the young adult, young adult, young adult ministry. So, that's all for now. Before we go, uh, I have an announcement from Wendy Stevens, who's one of our elders at Eastminster, who also teaches the young adult grow group on Sunday morning. She wants to give a window, a preview into the study for the fall, just to give us a heads up so that we can sign up and participate and enjoy that study together. So, listen to Wendy on the way out, and we'll see you next time. Hi, young adults. My name is Wendy Stevens, and I want to invite you to a grow group being offered this fall. Do you find yourself wondering how do we find and build relationships that are worthy? How do we celebrate being single, finding that forever someone, and create genuine friendships? Through time studying God's vision for us and the relationship with Him, we learn about our time on our own and with others. I hope you'll join myself and my husband, Jason, to explore what relationships should look like and how to reset the ones that are keeping you from the dreams you have about your own future while utilizing your single time to be personally fulfilled. We'll meet on Sundays at 9:30, starting August 13th in the parlor at Eastminster. We can't wait to build a relationship with you. Connect with others looking for the same along with some laughs and maybe some donuts too. Hey, before we go, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating so that more people can be drawn to the podcast. We also have a Eastminster Young Adults Facebook page. If you'd like to be a part of that, please look for it and send a request so we can add you to the closed group so you can stay up to date on all the things that are going on in young adult life. Thanks. We'll see you next time.